this episode's a really special one. Because as I was filming my last live internet talk show, a buddy of mine from high school, John Gasso, showed up to it. He's a lawyer that is getting started making content. He sees the opportunity out there for making content for his law firm and for his career, wants to differentiate himself, but has a hard time getting it rolling. And when he saw the live show, he reached out to me immediately. So I hopped on a call as a perfect follow-up of the last show was about this lawyer that's killing it with his content process. And now this show is a lawyer that sees the opportunity and wants to get started. I want you to think about this not as a lawyer, but just think about this as in your own niche. You're a coach, you're a realtor, a commercial realtor, a banker, a consultant, whatever it is that you're doing. These legacy industries are behind the game in making content for their business. And Gasso gets it. He wants to get it going. And I've given him a bunch of great advice that I normally give that I never get to record. So this is super, super valuable. Coming up next week is my buddy Jerry McNamara. We're doing another live show. Jerry's been the CEO of multiple companies that he scaled over $100 million. And he's won Best Places to Work awards. He's hit the Inc. 500 multiple times. He's hit the Franchise 500. He's been named Ultimate CEO. We're talking about how to make your company a best place to work while hitting the Inc. 500. It's going to be an awesome show. Connect with me on social. Show up live. Get your questions answered. And maybe because of your questions, you can be the next one on one of these shows. See you there for now. Enjoy my buddy, John Gasso. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. There we go. Yeah, I figure might as well. I just got out of a hearing, by the way. Okay. Uh, How'd it go? Now we, uh, you know, our side won, but right. it's, you know, it's really not about that. You know, like it's, you know, a ton of hearings during a trial, you know, in a case and you win some, you lose some. And 
you really just want to get the best outcome, whether that's through via trial or via mediation, you know, for your client, you know. Um, yeah. But I get, uh, you know, I still have issues with get, you know, I don't like making mistakes. So then I get super nervous. I don't want to, I want to do well in front of my peers. You know, I get all those same nerves and hence that also stops me from making content, you know? So. Dude, it's the most, uh, it's the most human thing ever, man. Right. Like, I think it's fascinating that you have that same feelings of most humans when you're an attorney and you got to do this stuff all the time, right? Like the, the public speaking, the performance and delivery of communications in front of people mm. in a competitive setting. It's a rare skill set to be able to embrace, man. So good mm. on you to, to be able to do it. So with sport, it's so funny because when I tell people, no, I'm really, truly, I'm an introvert and truly I, you know, I don't like eyes on me. And when they bring up sports and, you know, or soccer, basketball, whenever, whatever I did, you know, I would tell dude, that, to start off a game. You don't know what I had to do to like protect, make sure in my mind, people really aren't watching me. I'm not, people aren't looking at me. You, know, you play tricks with yourself. You know, a long time ago, I was watching an Oprah episode and uh, she had the um, new kids on the block on, right? This is like years later. And one of those kids, well, now he's a man, and they were going to perform something. She showed the audience what he went through before this guy would shake. He would like nerves and shake. And wow. that's one spectrum of, you know, like stage fright, right? That's an extreme spec. I don't have that, but I do. I have, I have that, but not to the extreme that he has. So, and I think that stops a lot of people and, and, and fear of failure and fear of failure of uh, in front of other people. You know, those, I think those are real. You know, and you got to, you know, some people are OK with that. They don't mind it. And then there's some that kind of you know, like me, like, yeah, I don't mind it, but I mind it, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Listen, man, I I envy the people that don't have that gene at all, like that aren't afraid of failure and don't have that thing. But at the same time, I think it's like it's having a good balance of those two things that also make you a decent human being, right? Like the, the guy that has none of that fear is like the hard old sales guy that I hate getting a call from, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that I never want to share. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude. Yeah. So tell me why you want to make more content and what you're trying to achieve. Well, you know, obviously you want, everybody wants more revenue. It's the day and age of, if you're not making content, you're being left behind. That's how I feel about it. You know, and it may not be that extreme, but it definitely feels that way. There's a lot of competition out there. Florida, especially South Florida, is oversaturation of attorneys. Everybody you know is an attorney. You can't ask your aunt for referrals because your cousin's an attorney. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so you have to stand out. And one of the ways you stand out is content. And one of the ways people, and even if it's not right now, right? Even if it's not, for your, you know, client, your age group of clientele, it's also, it's, it's for the kids who in five years are going to need an attorney or they're going to need some advice. You want to be able to present yourself in front of them or have them think about you. Like, oh, there was this guy on Instagram who was an attorney and, you know, he used to give some advice and he was funny and he was, or whatever the case may be. Let me, is he still around? Let me contact him, you know, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're talking about Brent Sibley's. <laughs> you remember, you remember Brent Sibley? He's Dude. killing it on Instagram. He, so I had about two years ago, I had the conversation with him. You know, I had, I, you know, I said, Dude, Good. 
I'm introverted. I don't know how you're doing it. He told me he deals with the same thing. I said, well, yeah. you're killing it, man. Yeah. He's, he's on there all the time. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. As you can see, this is something with me. Like this is a, a thing with me where I'm like, but I want to be an expert before putting out content. So that's super normal. Yeah. You know, dude, your podcast the other day that I saw hit everything on, you know, hit, like hit the nail right on the head. It was crazy. I was like, yes. And yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. First of all, I'm glad you connected with Sibley because he's doing it right. I um, I reconnected with him about two years ago also when I was kind of like in the beginning of this journey and we did some stuff together, which was really, really cool. I remember him being like, you know, like we were at this like crisp video conference together and I was going to show up like, do you know who Gary Vee is? Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like his, de- like I showed up basically as like Sibley. I knew he was going to this thing. He posted on a story that he was going to be at this thing and he was going to meet Gary V because Gary V was like the keynote and he's in like the inner circle. So they were going to get like a private thing. And I hit him up. I'm like, dude, if you show up there without a camera guy, he's going to think you're a chump. So he's like, you're right. Come with me. So I, sh- I showed up as like his camera guy. And I was like, man, this is going to be weird. He's like, you know what, man, when you push through like the stuff that makes you really uncomfortable that you find the gold. And I've, yeah. and I've like held on to that throughout this whole thing. And he was right. He's right. There's actually, I've, when I was in uh, production, there was a there was a film called Emergency Contact, and that was the theme of the whole movie of the of the screenplay. It was uh, everything you want is just outside your comfort zone. That was the theme of the whole, and that's so true. Yeah. yeah. And then you find when you go outside your comfort comfort zone, you're like, I wasn't that bad. You yeah. know, it's not yeah. that bad at all. And then you got to do it again, but it's like you haven't learned that lesson. You know, so you're still, you get scared again. You know what I mean? Or it's maybe scared's the wrong, the wrong uh, term, but you know. It's the, it's the whole, like the anticipation is worse than the collision, man. You know, like for me, it's when I'm, when I'm surfing or anything like that, it's like, I just got to get a good wipeout in. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not as afraid of these waves as I thought, you know, like it's cool. Oh, what I wanted to tell you, man, is I get a, I get a very specific joy when somebody reaches out to me, that is somebody that I've known from before that recognizes what I'm doing, sees the value in content and is like plugging, you know, like putting the pieces together and particularly from the legal profession, because everything that I'm executing on did not come from how do I become a better marketer? I like, I, I parachuted into marketing, right? Everything, everything that I'm executing on right now comes from like the period of 10 years that I was in Miami and I was, I had these like two parallel tracks of my like life and career. One being I moved back from California as a green building expert, starting a green building consulting company. I got acquired by like Arellano Construction and then I became the director of sustainability. And then I, and then they got bought out and I was just trying to like prove how I can get better. And the whole time on the other side, I got involved with Habitat for Humanity. I started a young professionals group. I got on the board of Habitat. I did Leadership Miami. I got on the board of multiple charities. I started these young professional groups. And the the tricks that I learned in like starting these young professional groups, getting involved in charities and parlaying those lessons and that influence that you gain in being part of the community is everything that I've been executing on now. Once I figured out that content was like the magnifier of all that stuff. And in, and in all those rooms, it was lawyers, commercial bankers, commercial realtors, right? Like the people that like live and die in the networking room, in the chamber of commerce, at the gala, 
at the, you know, that you've always just been shaking hands and having to build, be a relationship builder. And that's how it's always just kind of been. And the ones that are best at that win, right? Like, um, so I love when an attorney reaches out to me about this type of stuff. Cause I'm like, dude, once we crack this on the legal side, it's on. Cause to me, there's no, there's no going back from, from where we're going, what you said, right? Like if you're not making content, you're falling behind generationally. Um, and it's, uh, you know, and it's a cumulative advantage, man. Like I see it as like compounding returns. So like, I'm, I'm super pumped to get into this conversation specifically. Right. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I've given you props already, but you know, you, when you, when you talk about young professionals, um, I'm always reminded of a doctor that I knew who went to, he went to medical school with my father and he's from, he's from another country. I won't say where, but he started a movement and it was young and they call themselves, they called themselves young professionals. And now, you know, 20 years later, they own all together, they own, you know, land, media in that country. So they're a very big political group and they have a lot of influence. And, you know, you're so when you say that to me and you you're networking with young professionals, I'm like, yeah, he's he's been on this journey and it's been, you know, it's been uh, not only successful, but you're, you're you're on the right path, man. You know, so it's, it's really nice to see, you know, and when I saw, when I, you know, when you're seeing, when I, like I said, I saw you in Brickle a couple of times and then um, I see you on LinkedIn. I'm like, dude, this guy's killing it. Let me, re- you know, let me, let me reach out to him because I need help in some of these, this, yeah, this, yeah. this area. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So let's go straight into what you asked me about, right? You sent me this LinkedIn message, right? You're going to make content. You're passionate about entertainment, entertainment law, fraud in Miami and South Florida, the law itself or like philosophies of law, the lawyer's journey and human trafficking and continuing to learn storytelling, writing, filmmaking. Right. So like, I think that, that you have that stuff identified is awesome. Right. One of the fundamental things that make it easier for you when you become a content creator is understanding what your content pillars are going to be. Right. Like it's like, it's the, it's the removal of variables. Right. Right. So everything from like, what am I going to talk about? And if I can, if I can have like four to seven things that I know I'm going to talk about, that takes away the idea of like, well, what do I start with today? Right. (laughs) Another, another thing that helps a lot is having a place where you feel comfortable sitting down and spitting and just talking. Yeah. Right. So like, if you're not like, man, should I be on this couch or should I be over here? And you know, like I've put like these like outcast things behind me. I've got this like wife's art and whatever. Right. Like this is my, like, I feel comfortable here. Yeah. Right. So like removing those variables to, cause there's enough questioning yourself happening all the way around. Right. right. So whatever variables you can take out that you don't question helps a lot. Right. So like the content pillars is great. And I see that stuff and I think it's awesome. So now once you have that identified to me, the best way to develop speaking points around this stuff, right? Like I used to, when I first, started making content. It was about networking. Right. And it came from like my goodbye speech when I left Miami was, you know, I kind of gathered all like the young professional groups I had created at Miami Lighthouse for the Blind to like throw myself a goodbye party so I could give like a 20 minute presentation on things that I had learned. Mm -hmm. And and then at one point I was like, you know what, instead of thinking of it as a 20 minute presentation, I'm just going to think of it in like bullet points of different things that I've learned. Right. And once you think of it like that, then if you think if you think of it as like there's a subject right there's like this key thing so let's say in 
in entertainment law, something that interests you? What's uh, what's like a thing that interests you there? Uh, in entertainment law, protecting artists, protecting, protecting filmmakers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to hear a story, but I had a story. Yes. And, uh, so this was actually pretty cool. A friend of mine, he's making his second film. And I'm very, I'm a fan of his. And I've told him this. I said, you just got to make that next film. And I've told him, I don't even care about the story. I think the movie could could just be crap. But you're going to do something in that film. You're going to film it in a way. You're going to take a sequence or a scene or something. And people are going to notice that. And they're going to say, who was that director who shot it just like that? I've been telling him this. So I've been pushing him to make his second film and do it properly and not because when you, a filmmaker makes their first film, there's a bunch of mistakes you make, right? Uh, his particular mistake was it took him a few years to make this film, right? And with no money and with people that maybe weren't film people, right? They didn't know the industry. So there was a lot of bickering and fighting, as you can imagine. But um, he recently asked me to be his attorney and to make to draft the contracts for all the players, the actors, the, the music people, like just everybody. And I told him, no problem. Um, he also asked me to be there for meetings, whatever meetings they may be. I said, no problem. Uh, he had a investor meeting in Ormond Beach. And he took a bunch of people and he asked me to go with him. So I said, OK, I'll go. When we get there, it basically plays out to he was conned to getting there and having one of his actors be a judge and like a bikini contest thing because the 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 basis of his movie is a a guy who loses his memory after an accident and is conned into believing that he's a hollywood superstar and this he has an actor who has looks exactly like a hollywood superstar um like literally people get confused all the time and to put it to put it how like ridiculous he looks like him i'm gonna say he looks like johnny depp right so i'm kidding no kidding they went out to dayland mall they just started filming him. They put they went next to the um, the cologne stand where Johnny Depp like now like he's the, the, as a sponsor, and three hundred people lined up thinking taking pictures thinking he was Johnny Depp. That's epic. Yeah. So so he's promoting this, and I'm I'll, I won't say who the investor was or the lead investor prospect, but basically my guy was conned. Like you know the way I felt it, right? The way I felt like this isn't proper. They're playing him around. They didn't need to waste his time. I uh, I asked them to go inside. Like, you listen, my guys need to go inside. It's really hot out there. Can you put them somewhere? Um, they took them and they placed them in a room. And I'm outside kind of just smoking a cigarette, like, you know, like figuring out what I'm going to do. He, t- he sends me a text and he goes, yo, you need to come in here real quick. They put him in a laundry room. They put all his guys in a laundry room. And then that's what was my cue to say, all right. So I had to do my thing, right? Like I just went to different people, the organizers. I went to the main investor, um, potential investor, which the guy was never going to invest. But um, anyway, t- like I, I took them. I just kind of, I did my thing and I, and, I, and I took them. What happened was later, like four weeks later, uh, a young guy who's in, in the music industry just uh, created his own label. He calls me and he says, yo, I was there with when you when you protected John uh, and I liked the way you protected him. And I like, I like that you saw through everybody's bullshit. Not a lot of people can see through a lot of people's bullshit. So I'm wondering if you could do my initial contracts. Cause I, I want to sign a, a few, a few artists. Uh, 
And it gave me goosebumps. You know, I was like, oh, that, that's why I'm an attorney. Like, that's that's the cool thing about being an attorney. I was like, OK, let's do it. You know, and mind you, the supposed advanced investor, I'm supposed to talk to him on the 18th, you know, like like one last conversation. But we'll see what happens. But, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to land this in a second. But what's the lesson learned there? Like what's the, what's the lesson learned for the artist there of like going to Ormond Beach? Like what is uh what could he have done better? Okay, so what he could have done better is research the so-called investor, right? So and actually in South Florida in Miami, what you know you get a lot of people who say they have money, uh, they're going to invest in your film. Um, this was a little bit of a different situation. This was an employee of somebody's who who is very wealthy, very wealthy. Um, he had the fantasy of being in the movies and creating a movie. And what I told my guy was like, you're not in the fantasy game, right? Hollywood sells, there's a fantasy, Hollywood sells it. And, they, and when people, it's just your imagination runs, runs wild and you want to be a part of that club. That's why a lot of people move out there, right? You are an executioner. You have to execute projects. Right now, what you're trying to do is execute the making of your film. You can't be... You can't be persuaded by a, a a person who's you know, who's thinking of this as a fantasy. You you gotta. We are in the business of making projects. That's our business. That's not a fantasy. That's that's a livelihood. You know. So that's what I would say to most artists is 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 you want to believe, and artists particularly, they don't want to be let down, and they want to believe their dreams come true. Real like, and I tell my guys this all the time, like. I don't believe. I don't want you to believe. Like, I just want you to execute, you know? And then, and when you kind of start thinking in that frame, my, and it's not a bad thing to believe. Like we all have hopes and dreams and all that. And we want them to come true. It's not a bad thing. But in this particular industry, when you're dealing with a lot of people that are delusional or, you know, they, you know, they, you know, we know those people, right? So I just tell them, you know, execute and when you're when you're thinking about execution then you're talking about okay what are the steps to make this project and then you you start thinking smaller and smaller and smaller so you know recently he to raise some money like like you know not a bunch of to a bunch of people who are millionaires who are telling you that they're going to invest in your project because i've been down that road mm-hmm. so listen uh submit your screenplay to some to some um to some uh contest here we did with Miami Film F- Festival. He won. He got first place. Yep. I said, okay, you're gonna. They had a table read. Okay, at the table read, we had the conversation. He said, what what could come out of this? I said, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, you get notes, which is a really great thing for your story. Really great thing. Best case scenario, they may talk to some people to get you, you know, to get some money. And me, what they he did, he has a meeting with a restaurant, a pretty, you know, uh, an old restaurant down in Miami that we all know. And hopefully they they give him, you know, some some money to to put in this film. So, yeah, just execute. Think about just execute, your, you know, do your projects. Yeah. You know? All right, bro. This is awesome. <laughs> so when I tell you think in bullet points, right, like when you have a story like that, Think about the potential takeaways and advice that you can give from that story, right? And I'm going to walk you through it right now. And then you say, what, so what, and then so what now, right? So like what the what piece, it's like, give it a name. What is, what is the name of the lesson? So what means like, 
what's the story that happened? And then like, what now is like, what you need to do, what you need to think about going forward based on this lesson. Right. So like in the, in the, in the story that you just told me, I can pull out three of those, right? Like there is, there is like the locked in the laundry room. I call this one locked in the laundry room, dude. I got a, I got a director buddy, you know, like you, as, as an artist, you're always looking for investors. You want that dream to happen, but you don't want to get locked in a laundry room chasing a dream. You want to be executing. This is what happened. Ba 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 ba. He did not research the person, you know. So we went there. He got stuck in a laundry room. I got him out of there. But this is what I like to tell artists, right? Like I like to tell artists that when somebody is trying to like live their dream through you, they're just going to stick you in a room because they want to be the star. When really you're looking for investors to get your dream done. And the more that you're actually like disqualifying people before taking these meetings, the more that you get to work on your dream, right? So that's like, boom, you know, like like that right there that's is amazing. Yes. That was amazing. Oof. That was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Listen, I got three of those, right? Like that, there is the, from notes to notorious, bro. Like, so I was telling a buddy of mine, you know, like he was going to go to this table reading. He was worried about it. And he was, you know, like I told him, listen, worst case scenario, you're going to get some notes on your script. Best case scenario, you're going to get picked up and you're going to find an investor and this and that. So as an artist, when you get an opportunity to go get feedback on your work from real people, don't fret the bullshit, like go for it and like do your best and blah, blah, blah. And then you can also pull out lawyer speaking points there. Like this idea of just like, you know, I, I can't think of a name off the, off the top of the head, but because you took a, you took a ride with this guy, right? Like take, like taking a ride, right? Like took a ride with this guy to, to, to Ormond beach. You know, we got there. It was a bad situation. I got him out of there. I didn't make money, but it was a passion thing that I liked. And because I was there now I got this other guy that's hitting me up, you know, as a lawyer, your business developing, but you know what I mean? So, so that, that way to package, once you start thinking like that, you're going to kind of see it everywhere. Right. Like when I, when I took my like first networking speech, and just chopped it up into like seven different things. I was like, oh shit, this works. And then I broke it out into 50 things. Um, and, and those are the perfect little speaking points that you can do on social media where um, you can do that super just like go, or you can hire a camera crew to do it and post produce it. Right. But like, I like to tell people that when you are, when you're getting ready to do that, right. Like, so first thing is, think about that stuff. So think, think in those like concepts of pillar content to speaking point, And then what, so what, so what now kind of delivery mechanism. Right. Mm-hmm. And once you have, you're a writer, right? Like you, once you have those written down, I think the next, the next like best move for you is to tell yourself that you're going to go live on Facebook for 30 days in a row. Right. Mm-hmm. Just turn it on, go live on Facebook, spitting those things out right? I got these buddies that call that minimum viable content. Because once you're live on Facebook, there's like a lot of friction. 
between recording yourself and actually sharing it. Right. Because right. I'm like, nah, I'm going to go back and do it again. Or, yeah, whatever you get. Right. Like, but once you're live, it's out. Right. So just like save it, post it. And what that's going to do is like, if you do it for 30 or 45 days, like give yourself like a goal of like 30 days to do it every single day. Number one, you're going to kind of like work through the discomfort of feeling like a douchebag holding your phone and talking to it. Right. Like the, <laughs> the whole like influencer, right. everybody's judging. Right? right. Two, it's practice spitting out these speaking points. You know, like you're going to have the recording so you can see it and see yourself getting better and critique yourself. Um, three, you allow other people to give you feedback. And I think on Facebook, it's like special because it's people that actually know you, right? Like, so when I did this, people like you and like Danielle Velez and whatever, like so, so people like reached out to me. Like there was a couple speaking points that I put out this, like be a kingmaker instead of a king. That got a bunch of attention. One. I saw that one. Oh, I yeah. That, one. that was a really good one. Yeah. So that's become a key speaking point of mine. Right. And make, make production around that. Right. So getting that feedback and like that thing that your grandmother, your high school friend and your best friend all agree, all agree. That makes sense. That's like core messaging for you. Right. Right. And that happens on Facebook lives. And then if that one works, just post that on LinkedIn and see how it does on LinkedIn. You know? So like you start getting those reps, you start getting that feedback, you start getting over the fear of talking to the phone. Um, and that's like minimum viable content for me. And once you're happy with that stuff, then the next move is like hire a cameraographer and just spend an hour spitting those things out with like a highly produced thing in front of a thing. And then once you post that, that starts working really, really well. So that's been, that's kind of been my journey of how I've like built up to the point of doing it as far as me being the star of the stage, me being the speaker, right? Mm-hmm. I'll stop there for a second. Yeah. All right. What do you think? Dude, you're, dude, you're amazing. <laughs> and I love working with people that are good at what they do, bro. There's nothing more inspiring than fucking working with people that are good at what they do. And you're fucking, you're, dude, you're good, man. The way you just spit out those things, that was crazy. It's practical. You know what I'm man. saying? It was, and yeah. it's coming from me. And I'm like, why can't I? Say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Listen, oh. you're, you're, you're seeing this, like these beliefs of like where I'm going to go next with it. These are beliefs that I've been like developing for 10 years. And then this like practice of this tactical execution of it, how it relates to content and whatever is like three years in the making, right. Of just like researching and practicing and iterating and just honestly, yeah. man, ch- chasing my dream, right. Like, like the idea of at one point I left, you know, like I was in construction, I learned these like truths. I started doing this with the young professional stuff. And then my next, my next move was to move to Jacksonville and join this like startup where I jumped into a dumpster fire. I wasn't able to like execute on the vision that I had. So I had to like reimagine it on like zoom calls of doing these like events and whatever. And then that's when I started unlocking the content piece of what I'm about to tell you. And then at the end of 2018, I like, I saved this guy's company, but I didn't want to be his partner. So I took this like 90 day purposeful pause to figure out where I want to be in 10 years and reverse engineer it. Right. Cause I, I fall in love with everybody's and I'm, I'm a connector guy. So I always have a job handy to me and I just didn't want to just take the next opportunity. Right. Um, right. And what I did in those 90 days was I booked these like four conferences just to, I knew I was going to be super anxious, not like actively working to try to make money and, and make stuff happen. So I just wanted to be like walking into rooms and making friends, which is what I like to do. Right. And at the second conference, man, this guy said something that will stick with me forever. And it was, if you're going to, if you as an entrepreneur are going to go out and build a business and you are going to build anything other than a business that revolves around 
you doing the thing that you love doing, that you are awesome at as the main driver of the business. If it's going to be anything other than that, go get a job. Right. So I was like, all right. Like, like how, how can I build a business around the fact that I fall in love with everybody I meet and I'm a great communicator. Right. So anyway, so that's, that's been the iteration. You are. Yeah. 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 Makes a lot of sense, bro. So yeah, man. So like, bro, I'm dead, I'm dead serious. And I wouldn't have reached out. I was like, dude, I got to reach out to him and I know him. So let's, let's talk. Yeah. 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 I love this. I love this. I love it. So easier for me, like somebody like me, and you know, a bunch of people like me, like, you know, the introverts who have problems when you know, somebody makes it so much easier. Yeah. You no, know, like it's just like you have that comfort level. So, you yeah. know, yeah. So, so for you, John, right. So like to me, the next level, that's, that's the, that's the speaking point stuff that you're going to be able to do. Right. Right. So, to me, the next level as like a business motion, right. Like as a, so that that's your thought leadership content, right. To me, how it, how you get to driving revenue, people think, well, I'm going to make this content. I'm going to use this as advertising. Um, That's going to put people into a funnel, whatever, 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 right? People think of this like audience out, like audience in kind of like content thing, right? Where they're like, what do people want to hear? I'm going to make it. And then I'm going to put it out there. And then people are going to follow me. And then a certain percentage are going to, are going to convert, which is kind of how it's done. What I, what I do that's completely different. And it's what you're seeing is what I consider relationship out content, right? So like the easiest way, relationship out, instead of audience in, relationship out. What we're doing right now, right? The easiest way to make content is to hop on with somebody that you already like and that you want to build a better relationship with and have them ask you about stuff that's interesting to them and you give them advice, (laughs) right? right, right. And, 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 And vice versa, the other way around, right? Like if you really want to build a relationship with somebody, put them on, ask them for advice, have them give you that advice, make right. that content, and then promote that and be guilty by association with the people that you want to be known to to want to do business with. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. requires no, no mental energy. <laughs> no. Yeah, because you're just spitting and you're having a you're having a blast. You're learning, yeah. you know, you're yeah. engaged. Yeah. People see that. People read that. That's fucking, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then next level up is if you take that exercise and you brand that as a show, as a podcast or as a YouTube channel or like whatever your, your, your LinkedIn show, whatever, then people like people that you really want to get to know, like the, that famous lawyer from wherever that you would love to have a relationship with, or the developer in Orlando that you're trying to gain his work, then you're like, Hey man, instead of dude, take a meeting with me so I can be your future lawyer. You reach out and you're like, Hey man, you know, I got the show about people really making moves in Orlando and I want to interview you on this show. And then I'm going to give you publicity through my channels for whatever that is, you know, and, uh, and let's hop on. Right. So like now that person is saying yes at a much higher incidence and let me get a cup of coffee. Um, and, and then if you get real good at doing that and then distributing that content and tagging them on LinkedIn and other places, people are just like, Oh, John Gasso knows George Perez. That's cool, man. I want to do business with John Gasso. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. It's a systematic, like guilty by association. It's so that's why, so that's why my company is called Be the Stage, right? Because I think it's more valuable 
to be the stage than the star of the stage. Right. Like it, mm. that's the kingmaker thing, right? Like, it's like, dude, I'm not trying to compete with you. I want to, I want to put you on, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and more people say yes. Once. And then, and then it's just building the machine of going from like conversation recorded to 20 different pieces on social media, podcast, YouTube, um, and all those different things. That's, that's a commodity that you pay for, or mm. you build it out in house, which is what I'm right. right? Yeah. So look, my, my, my move was to, offer that, figure out how to do it for somebody else and then get to the scale where I can point the gun at myself. Yeah. Dude, I don't know why I just thought of it, but I, th- I thought of Oprah. You started talking about 100%. being stage. 100%. Oprah. And if you get a tenth of like success that she gets, she, she's what? She's a billionaire? Dude, or like, two, yeah, two most influential people in the world are Oprah and Joe Rogan. And yeah. they're like, and they did it the same way. Exactly. They're the state. Yeah, that's brilliant. You're on your dude. You're bright, bro. You're really bright. You know, I always knew you were bright, but but it's 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 nice to see it blossom. You know. Thank you, bro. Thank you, yeah. man. I appreciate. On it. On the other hand, it's like my mother's like, "You're really bright. You just haven't blossomed, and you're old." You know, <laughs> so, so, sounds yeah. like my mother, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, actually, the hearing was for her. She's got a oh, case. Yeah? She asked me to be her lawyer. That's awesome. Yeah, she yeah she. I don't know how awesome it is, but it's so funny because, you know, you love your mother, right? You love your mother. So she tells you this story about a general contractor taking advantage of her, right? Like taking some money and not doing the work. I don't want to be a lawyer in this in this situation. I just want to go talk to the guy. And she begs and she pleads like, like, all right, you know, I'll be your lawyer. You know, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. I don't know what the point of that story, but like, you know, we're talking about mothers. That was the point of the talk story. about mothers, man. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loves their mama, you know? Yeah. 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 Dude, it's the, you know, the thing with my mom has been a trip, man. Cause my mom is always like, like when I won funniest in high school, she was like, I, why can't you be most, why can't you be most likely to succeed? Like Clay Bischoff, you know, like, <laughs> like mom, I'm the funny guy. God damn it. Right. Yeah. But like now later in life, that I've now that content has become a thing and my ability to perform has is actually something that enhances business. I've been able to like get groomed as a businessman and now lean back into my like natural tendency to want to be Ace Ventura and it's all coming uh, together for me. And now yeah. my mom gets it right. Like now my mom's like, Oh yeah. my God, you're a really good presenter. And I love watching your speeches. And I was like, finally, finally, yeah, mom. finally, finally. <laughs> Get me to push to be, you know, push push me to be an engineer or a doctor, an astrophysicist. Like yo, that's exactly it. Me. Engineer. Yeah. yeah. No, you when you that was the other thing I forgot to, to mention because this is the second time we've said it, you know, content. Content's everything. I mean, yeah, man. When I was uh in LA, you know, content is king, you know, and whether it's you're a you're a company that's just trying to get writers or scripts, you know, a lot of times it's just you're trying to you're trying to get the rights to certain script, certain screenplays, or you know, to to basically flip that company, you know, to yep. get another bigger company to buy your slate of films, mm-hmm. or, or or the bigger companies will you know buy movies, you know, and it's yeah. just to put in their library. Yeah, and it's that saying, content is king. You know, and you see it now. That's why all these applications with Disney, with you know, yep. what are they doing? Even uh. Uh, Netflix, like now they're producing their own content, right? Oh, yeah. They've been producing their own content, but I, dude, as as a lawyer, I would go a step deeper, and it's IP is king. IP is king, right? It's and king. as and if you're and if you're a, and if you're a business that's making content around all the stuff that you do, everything is IP. 
right? So like, I think, I think the whole marketing piece of it is just a small sliver, bro. Right. Like if, if companies get real good at like recording their converse, record your meetings so that later on you have a catalog of meetings that you can then take lessons from and you can sell as like the Jeff Bezos letters to investors, you know, like every, everything, everything is monetizable through content and everything is, I don't know if monetizable, but everything has intrinsic value as long as you're recording it via content, right? Like whether it's a procedure that you then get to tease out, whether it is what you you can build moats of competitive advantages around everything that you catalog, right? And I think nowadays being able to record stuff, whether you're recording it for a specific purpose or just to have it later to then in 10 years, be like, you know what, for the last 10 years, we've been doing this. And I bet you we can go back and mine it all out of all this thing. The technology is only going to get better to do that, man. So I, I just think it's important to like start building up that library of IP that once we get to this future where we're just all in the cloud and, you know, goods and services are all completely commoditized. It's really just the IP that's going to make, that's going to have value. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. IPs king. All right. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you got a bunch of value out of it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me if you reached out to our guest and let them know what you learned, what you thought about it. Everything that you need to connect with them is going to be in the show notes. And on top of that, why don't you double up and reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you. It really is why I do this is so that I can meet awesome people. I would love to hear from anybody that you think should be on this podcast, including yourself, about how you build world-class relationships, how you create community, how you lead companies in this relationships over transactions methodology. And if you believe in that stuff, that is what we're doing at my company, Be The Stage. You can check it out at bethestage.live. But the Cliff Notes version is, we've learned that most companies know that they need to be making content and they know that they really want to drive a community. But where do you start with that stuff? The best way to start doing that is to create an internet talk show because it allows you to create a strategic relationship with a guest one-to-one while you create strategic relationships with the audience one-to-few And then when we repurpose the show for you and spread it out all over social media, you're creating relationships one to many. It is the ultimate relationship-driven growth engine to feed your entire pipeline, marketing team, and customer success. What companies call their go-to-market strategy can now be driven by community. If you're interested in that, go to bethestage.live, check it out, reach out to me. I would love to create an internet talk show just for you. Now, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to take a play out of the book of one of my heroes, Christopher Lockhead, the godfather of category design, co-author of my favorite business book, Play Bigger, and my favorite newsletter, Category Pirates, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I think you should subscribe. It's the smartest thing basically in the world. Anyways, at the end of his podcast, which is Follow Your Different, he always shouts out and gives a roll call to people that he thanks. And I want to do that too. I want to thank my team at Be The Stage. I want to thank JP, who is the editor of this content, the guy that makes all the cool micro content and makes everything look cool. Joanna, who distributes a lot of the stuff. She writes a lot of the descriptions. Nicola, who is 
uh, my buddy that I've been mentoring for a couple of years out of Bulgaria, a really bright 15-year-old kid that writes a lot of the captions on social media, Marge, who is always keeping track of everything. She is the executive assistant of the dreams that all come true. Gina, who is a world-class integrator. She is our COO. She is the one that is just making all the processes happen. Whenever I say something, she designs a way to make it happen. It's incredible. My business partner, Isar, who without him, none of this stuff could be possible. That guy is the best. He's got an awesome podcast. It's called the Business Growth Accelerator. You should totally check that out. I want to thank my parents. They're my inspiration. They're the best. My family. I love them to pieces. My wife, Marta, who is my muse and my inspiration for everything. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go do it now. But before you do that, if you haven't checked out either episode seven or episode 69, those are my 2019 and 2020 last call tracks where I give this like rapping, talking, motivational speech over like a really cool beat. It's actually the beat that I have on this podcast right now that I had custom produced by my guy, Michael, out of Russia, who's a sick beat producer. Check that stuff out. That is the origin story of my business, the origin story of what I'm up to, and it's really what I am most proud of. Episode 7, episode 69 of this podcast. Hope to see you on the next one. Hit me up on social media. I love you. Don't forget, relationships over transactions, that is the way that you win. It's a long game. Human beings are happiest when they're in service, so serve others and you will be able to open any door that you ever wanted. Never forget that. If you don't know how to serve others, everybody needs an extra cheerleader, cheer for people, be invested in their future, see what you can do for them. It all comes back in the long run. I really hope you reach out to me. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you achieve your dreams. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome rest of your day.